All right, hey, y'all, find a seat. If you don't have a handout, grab one. They should be back there on the table. This is um, session five of our stewardship seminar. Slim group this morning, I guess, Fourth of July. Is everybody off partying, having a good time, celebrating America more than they're celebrating God? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> So, in case you haven't been with us, um, we've been, during this 9.30 time, doing a, a summer seminar on stewardship, and stewardship is just this idea of taking good care of, being wise with uh, what God has given to us. And we recognize that that's everything. So, uh, whether it's our money, our skills, our health, our time, whatever those things might be, um, God has given them to us, they belong to him, and we are to use them for his glory and take good care of them uh, as his stewards. Um, and so we've been kind of mostly focusing on money over the past couple weeks. Uh, we started by talking about uh, kind of faithfulness in general with our stewardship. Then we talked about, last week we talked about um, like um, spending and budgeting and that kind of thing. And this week, we're going to be talking about debt and about saving. So last week was more focused about the past, or I'm sorry, it's focused about, you know, yeah, dealing with the past, I guess you could say. This is more about the future. So um, everything we're going to talk about today has to do with what I would say is the future. Because debt is about paying in the future for what I have today, while savings is about paying today for what I will, will have in the future, or so I hope, right? Um, and God has a whole lot to say about our future. If you go and look through the scriptures, specifically, some of the things he says is, I want you to be wise about the decisions that you make because they're going to impact your life in the future. Um, for example, Proverbs 20, chapter, uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25 says, It is a trap for a man to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider his vows. In other words, don't make a promise for the future that you can't keep, right? So what that means, basically, is that um, ignorance isn't actually bliss when it comes to financial decisions. Um, actually, deliberately remaining ignorant <laughs> is foolish. Um, it is wise to consider the future. It is fool like foolish to not consider it. In other words, playing dumb and pretending like, well, that's, <laughs> that's a problem for future Ryan to deal with, like, that is not how we follow Jesus' command to not worry, Right? It's easy to say, well, I just won't worry about it. It'll be okay. Yeah, but that's, that's not wisdom. But, on the other side, thinking about the future may be important, but it can also be a really big source of anxiety because we look at the future and we feel burdened by future problems or future issues or whatever else. Um, as Proverbs says, don't boast about tomorrow for you do not know what day may bring forth, right? We don't know. We don't know what's coming. So today, as we're thinking about this, this part of stewardship, we want to remember that the future, the future is not foreign to God. The future is something that he is still in control over, something that he is sovereign over. Um, David, in Psalm 139, David says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So that means that as we are approaching anything, and today as we're thinking about the topic of money in our future, 
we can approach this with confidence knowing that the same God who has led us in the past is going to lead us in the future, uh, and he is giving us wisdom through his word to help us be wise uh, in our future. So that's kind of an introduction. Let's pray before we get into what we're going to be actually uh, talking about this morning. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us uh, to think about uh, debt, to think about saving, to think about being wise with what you've given to us. Um, may we honor you as we think about it this morning, and may it impact our lives um, to better glorify you with the money that you have given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you look on your handout, the first thing there is debt. So we're going to start with debt, and then we'll finish up by talking about saving. Debt, basically, just to define it, um, debt is getting something now and paying for it later, real simply. Um, and I'm pretty sure if I were to ask for a raise of hands, who, ha- who has debt in here? Probably all of us at some level do. Um, you know, most of us would say at least a mortgage, maybe a car payment. Uh, hopefully, if you can say that's the only two, then that's, you know, you're probably in the minority uh, of a positive place to be financially. Um, but most of us have some debt. Um, and to some extent, like the credit process, that whole system, uh, it would almost be impossible to avoid it in our, in our world today. In the way that our culture and our society is set up, um, it is set up on that system. I mean, just the fact that, uh, that I can go and, like, rent a car and have the car for a week and then pay for it at the end of the week kind of thing. That I can go, um, that I can order something and, uh, and not have to pay for it till it arrives kind of thing, right? All of that is a, is a form of credit, and we rejoice in it. It's good. It's positive. It's a good thing because it makes life, like, easier for us in many ways. But we want to think about how God feels about it. So the first question we're going to say is, um, does God forbid it? Does God forbid us borrowing money? Well, you'll be relieved to know that, yes, it is okay for us to borrow money without sinning. I know the way I phrased that answer was kind of surprising. Everybody's like, the question was, does God forbid it? And you say yes. No, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Does God forbid borrowing? No, he does not. There, that's better. Uh, we can legitimately borrow money without sinning. God does not forbid all borrowing. That's okay. In the Old Testament, uh, we actually see God permitting lending in the law. Uh, he says in Exodus, If you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not be like that, like a money lender. Charge him no interest. Um, and then in the New Testament, we see Jesus encouraging. He says, Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Okay, so notice in both of those occasions... What, what is being condoned and what is being like said is be the lender, right? Both of those things is saying it's, it's okay to give to others and not expect anything back. But we also recognize that means that if we're in a place where we are in need of something, it is okay for us to borrow it. Okay. So God permits lending. It would naturally follow that he permits borrowing. It's just that way it works. Um, it's a way that we can show mercy to those in need, of course. But, here's, here's the but, the important part here. While we can certainly borrow without sinning, we can also sin when we borrow. Um, borrowing may be the like, outward act of a heart that is impatient. It may be the outward act of a heart that is greedy. Maybe the outward act of a heart which is lacking faith. For example... Um, we may unfaithfully reason that God has fulfilled, failed to provide what I need right now. 
and so I'm going to have to go and take out a loan to deal with this problem. Um, does that mean that, you know, if something breaks on a car and you have to take a loan to fix it that you're sinning? No. It's, it's a hard issue here. We have to always remember that when it comes to this, this to a wisdom issue, uh, we must examine our hearts. Why am, I, why am I doing this? Is it a lack of trust, a lack of faith, or am I recognizing that, that in this place this is where God has put me and, um, and this is the solution? Borrowing also um, becomes a sin when we, we wrongly presume upon God. What does that mean? Uh, well, it may be two things. First, it may mean that we are sinfully attempting to like obligate God to pay our debt. Um, so it's like you just go and rack up money on a credit card uh, and you just expect God to provide with some magical cash influx to pay it off, right? That kind of, well, he, he, I'm just going to buy these things in faith knowing that God is going to magically pay it off at the end of the month kind of thing. That's, right, that's presuming that God's just going to magically come in and fix a problem that you've made for yourself. Um, we're trusting God for something that he's promised that he may not have actually promised, right? Second, we could wrongly presume upon God um, if we just ignore God's sovereignty over the future. So we have this kind of pride and we act as though we control our own destiny and the ability to pay off everything that we owe, right? So we say, yeah, I got this. No problem. I can rack this up because I know that I'll be able to deal with it. How do you know? Are you sure? Don't presume that just because you're in good health and you have a great job right now that that's always going to be the case. Um, In fact, James writes this. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. Okay, so, no, God does not forbid borrowing, but he certainly offers us clear guidelines to help us be wise. Okay, so now let's consider some of the wisdom of borrowing. Okay, so let's say I've examined my motives, um, why I'm taking on this debt. Uh, You know that you're not in sin for it. What's next? The next question would be, well, is this wise? Is borrowing this money wise? Because while Christian liberty is a great thing, Christian stupidity is not, right? They're not the same thing. There is some value to having credit, of course. Credit allows us to provide for emergencies, uh, a surgery, like, for example, I'm familiar with that one recently. Um, Credit allows us the opportunity to, uh, you know, maybe like get an education that we'll then be able to get a better job with or um, open up a business that we'll then be able to, you know, make more money with, right? There's many ways in which credit is a positive thing to help us like grow and, and do better things with our lives. Um, it also is helpful in, you know, in especially in this world right now, uh, it would be impossible, I mean not impossible, it would be nearly impossible to buy a home without credit. I mean just like just the way things are, unless you, I don't know, just had a really special kind of situation, uh, it's just buying a home without a loan is crazy. Um, and even in many ways, 
Buying a car for many people would be that way, right? You'd have to save up for a, a good while if you wanted to get something that was reliable. Um, so there are benefits. We're not saying it's wrong. But we all recognize, like, we don't like having debt. Does anybody in here just love it? Like, yeah, my favorite. Want to get more. No. Well, there's a reason for that. Borrowing is always a form of servitude. Every time. Proverbs says, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is the servant to the lender. That's true. When we borrow, we are, by nature, indebted. And that's the word there. We are indebted to the lender. Um, And the greater the need, the greater the loan, the greater the debt. And we don't like that. We don't want to be indebted to somebody. Right? How many of you have ever done a, done a favor for some, or had somebody do a favor for you and you know their personality and you know, okay, they did that and now they're totally expecting me to pay it back, right? And you're just waiting. And, and that moment comes where you get to finally do something to, to kind of pay it back and there's just like, ah, oh good, I don't owe them anymore, right? Or maybe that's just your personality where it's like you feel like you always owe somebody every time they do something good and you've got to make it right. Um, yeah, we have this nature inside of us to not like debt, I believe that that's a gospel picture, right? The debt of our sin that we owe, that we feel the weight of that, and we, we can't pay it. Christ pays our debt for us. It's a beautiful gospel picture. Um, but I think that our heart towards debt is just a picture of the need for the gospel. Anyway, that's a different sermon. Um, so in the Old Testament, if Israel failed to obey God's commands, God curses them, Right? Um, And part of this curse meant that they would literally become debtors to those around them. Um, And so in that case, like, borrowing was a sign of judgment. Um, And we also recognize, of course, that debt impacts our future. It limits our, like, flexibility, I guess you could say, financially. So if I have this huge debt that I'm regularly having to pay on, that limits my financial ability to do other things that I may want to do, right? Well, it's like, we would love to go on a vacation, but I still got to keep paying on this huge this huge debt that I have. Um, And it can, of course, hinder relationships. I mean, I'm sure you've all known of people or uh, maybe even been people who have entered into a marriage where one of the the spouses has a deal of debt. Um, And the strain that that can put on a relationship um, can be a really hard, hard, difficult thing. So debt is not something that we should ever enter into lightly. Um, Getting a loan shouldn't be a matter of just like, you know, you do it, like you grab a coffee in the morning, right? There should always be prayerful consideration uh, before we do something like that. Um, and we should never view debt as our savior, no matter, <laughs> no matter how low the interest rates are right now. Okay? It's not a magical savior that's here to, to fix all your problems because um, you're still obligated to pay it back, even the interest, however small it may be. And while we, we right now don't fear like debtor's prison or like a life of this indebted, you know, indentured servant kind of thing, um, there are really things to be fearful of. I mean, bankruptcy can wreck your life. Um, so let's not go there. Just because, <laughs> just because a bank approves your loan doesn't mean that God does. All right. And then last, let's make this kind of practical. Um, how do we actually make decisions about borrowing? Let's say you're thinking about taking out a loan to purchase a car. I'm thinking about that kind of. How should you be thinking about this? Three general rules that you should ask. All right, I think this is probably the best stuff here. 
um, is just thinking about some practical tools. First, first question when you're thinking about it, why do you need it? What are the reasons? Um, are these reasons God-glorifying or are they totally selfish? Um, do you need a new vehicle because um, you're just trying to show how successful you are? You're trying to make a statement about um, your awesomeness now, maybe? I don't know. You're trying to show off. Or do you need the car to fulfill your, your obligations in life? Um, does that mean that you can't have a nicer version of a vehicle? No. Um, there are, that's part of what we talked about um, with the lifestyle question. Um, Sirleo was talking about how we have to decide, like, what, what lifestyle has God called us to uh, and live there and live within that? Um, so maybe the reason that you're getting a car is to help you get to work more easily or more reliably. Um, and with that extra, <laughs> with that ability now, um, you can better provide. You can better um, transport kids around more safely. You know, there's all those different factors that you're taking in and you say, okay, is this selfish or is this God-glorifying? Examine your heart. Uh, what is driving this decision? So that's number one. Number two, can you afford it? Um, do you have the means to pay for it? Um, and in my personal experience, um, I will tell you that most of the time, the person giving the loan has a far greater um, estimation of your ability to pay than, than is true. Most of the time. Um, maybe that's my, <laughs> just my income level, I don't know. Uh, but most of the time, a loan that I would be approved for with a payment that they think I should be able to make would not really be comfortable for me to make, would not be wise for me. So, of course, like we said last week, God is not ever going to call you to a lifestyle where your expenses are greater than your income. So if you take out a loan, you have to assess all those risks and say, can I actually afford to pay for this? And here's where that budgeting that we talked about last week is a hugely important piece. Um, because the cost of buying a car is far more than just like repaying the purchase price. We all know that. I mean, of course you have the interest, but then you also have the tax, sales tax, you have insurance, you have uh, registration, inspection, if your state calls for it, uh, you have gas, you have maintenance, right? Things break, things go wrong. You have to get tires, you have to get the oil changed. Um, do you have the means to pay for all of that too? We shouldn't live beyond our means. We should always be examining, is this something I can really afford? Also, we have to say, have I considered all of the alternatives to debt? Um, is there a way that I could maybe do some extra work to bring in additional income? Is there something that I could sell to have money to pay for this thing? Um, are there other expenses I could cut back on? Could I quit stopping and grabbing coffee on the way and make it at home instead? Um, could I quit uh, eating lunch out so often? Um, are there conveniences that I could do away with? Could I maybe delete a few subscriptions? <laughs> um, or, or maybe this. May, could I buy a cheaper car? Could I get a used one? Could I just go for a, you know, a less supreme model? Um, could I save up first and, and then have you know, maybe a smaller loan? once I actually buy it. Lots of things we could think about, right? 
all of those should at least go through your head before you just go sign on the line and, uh, and take the new thing home that now you have uh, a payment each month to deal with it. One of the things that marks our culture is this huge desire to get what we want right now. But you can look through the Bible everywhere you want to and, and impatience is not a fruit of the Spirit. Impatience, in fact, is not a godly thing. God provides for his people. And to think that he doesn't is absolutely absurd. So, our impatience is basically saying, God, I don't trust you to actually do what is best for me. I need to do it for myself right now. So, Someone told me this one time. They said, you know, you need to, before acquiring any debt, uh, you, you have to spend two weeks thinking about it before you do it, right? That's, and that's just a, a rule of thumb kind of thing, I think. Probably longer wouldn't hurt, but being patient is always helpful in thinking about, is this something that is really what I need to do right now? Of course, you also have to think about... Um, well, one more thing about patience before I go into that. Um, being patient helps us have time to pray and seek counsel. Right? Rather than rushing into something and doing something, we can go and we can, for one, we can ask God what he thinks about it. We can pray over that decision. And we can also ask some other people who may know more about it than us. Um, I'm a fairly young dude, so I don't have as much experience with debt and, and things like that. So before I do something... I'm, I can think of probably six people in this church that I'm going to go and ask their opinion on it. i say, is this a wise move? Here's my situation. Here's what I want to do. Do you think that's a good call? Um, and I'm going to seriously listen to what they say because, I mean, really and truly, I, I think that my wife and I are fairly good when it comes to money stuff, but I don't claim to be an expert at all. And I know that there are plenty of people with far more experience and wisdom um, than I have. So it's always a good idea uh, to... Talk to other people first. And uh, just like look at the risks. Because when it comes to debt, there's always the risk of, okay, job is lost. Uh, okay, demotion. Okay, whatever. And there's a huge illness. There's, there's all these different problems that could show up that suddenly you can't pay that payment anymore. That debt is hanging over your head and you default on it, right? That's always a risk that we have to face. Um, and so always assess those risks before you do it. Number three. So we say, number one, why do you need it? Is it for your selfish reasons? Or do you think this is actually going to help your family, glorify God better? Number two, can you afford it? And then number three, have you sought counsel? And I kind of talked about that, so I won't spend a lot of time there. But last week, Serlio talked about this transparency thing where as part of our Christian walk and community, we talk about our struggles, we talk about, you know, it's like, oh, these sin patterns that I'm dealing with in my life, but do we rarely talk about money. I mean, really and truly. We don't, we don't think of it as a God issue. We would, we would, for many of us, I would dare say, our personal walk with Jesus is more open to other people to see than our financial situation. I mean, like, let's just be honest about it. Like, 
I would be more likely to tell you about, you know, my marriage struggles or my, like, oh, I haven't been reading my Bible. Like, I would be far more likely to tell you about that stuff than I would talk about a financial problem. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a society thing. I don't know exactly where we get that. I don't know if it's just a pride thing and we think, well, this is where I can't. But we should be more willing to be open and honest and hold one another accountable with decisions um, and seek out uh, counsel when it comes to making a decision, especially when it's regarding debt. All right, last piece here for debt. Let's, Let's talk about living in it. So we've talked about making decisions in the future regarding debt and such, but what if you're already in a lot of it? I don't know, obviously, like I said, I don't know y'all's situations. Um, I don't know what kind of debt you have, but what if you're already in a lot, a whole lot of debt? What should you do? Well, the really like, quick and simple answer is, well, pay it back. That sounds easier <laughs> than it actually is, of course. Uh, Paul says in Romans, give everyone what you owe him. Let no debt remain outstanding. Scripture also says that it is, it's the wicked who borrow and don't repay. It's in Psalm 37. Um, now, that doesn't mean that debt is a simple thing to undo. It's not. It may take a lot of time. It may take a lot of sacrifice. It may be painful. Um, but the, the, the longer answer, I guess I could say, is that you should reflect on why you have that debt. Um, It is, of course, it's possible to come into debt involuntarily, um, but it's not likely. Most of us who have a lot of debt have it because we've been unwise, uh, maybe made possibly sinful choices, uh, maybe we've been greedy, maybe we've been impatient, maybe we struggle with materialism, consumerism, whatever else. So the first thing we ought to do is repent. Confess the sin that has given rise to this debt and seek counsel in how we can fight against it. Because the the, having debt is not the sinful thing in and of itself. It's, it's the, the heart that led to it. So we have to take responsibility and then work to try to reconcile it. I mean, make every effort to get it paid back. So ultimately, when it comes to debt, we're all debtors, right? We know we're debtors to God's mercy. We could only be released from the debt of our sin through Christ's sacrifice. And so when we think about debt monetarily, we have to recognize that God is not wanting us to be in debt. He's wanting to set us free. He's wanting us to have freedom in Christ. And so if at all possible, we should live without debt. Is that, does that mean that having it is sinful? No, not at all. But be wise in every loan that you uh, take. All right, any questions about debt? Obviously, could spend a lot of time more ta- talking about that. Let's talk then about savings. We don't have a whole lot of time left. All right, so let's say that you're pretty fiscally responsible. Um, you're generous in your giving. You, you don't spend above your you know, lifestyle. You don't have much debt. What you do have, you're paying steadily on. um, But you're not saving anything for the future. Does that mean you're foolish? Or, on the other hand, does that mean that you have great faith? 
I don't have to save because I know the Lord's going to provide. Well, that's what we're going to talk about for the last bit of our time here together. Um, So earlier, I defined debt as getting something now by paying for it later. Savings is the opposite. Savings is getting something later by paying for it now. Um, How many of you really enjoy saving money? Like, just get a huge kick out of it. You can raise your hand if you want to. It's okay. I didn't, I didn't make you raise your hands on the debt one, but okay, I do. I get a thrill out of it. Like, watching it grow, Catherine and I, well, as she was, she was here, she would confess it with me. Um, we just love it. It's just like, oh, boy, look at all we have. Like, it's like, oh, look at that stocked up. It's great. Uh, most people don't. I recognize that. I recognize that for most people, like, the best kind of piggy bank is a broken piggy bank and I'm going to Walmart, and I'm buying something, right? When I was a kid, now don't get me wrong, when I was a kid, oh man, my dad would always say, um, I'm surprised you haven't already lost that $10, because I'm pretty sure there's a hole in your pocket, right? Because it was burning it. Um, so yeah, I have always, always, always been that way. Um, but yeah, we don't, in general, saving money is not, not something that most of us enjoy. But we recognize uh, saving is absolutely a biblical principle. Um, You can see in Proverbs, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It stores its provisions in the summer, gathers its food at the harvest. Um, Elsewhere we see plans lead to profit, Proverbs 21. It's the wise who store up, whereas the fool devours all he has, Proverbs 21. Uh, Joseph is another great example um, when he saves up the, the grain for the famine. So saving is absolutely God's normal means of providing for the future. What that means is we can't ignore God's means of provision just because we like want him to have some sort of more miraculous means of provision. The normal means is, well, you have the extra money now, save some of it, and then when things go bad in the future or something comes up, you'll have that. But we were like, well, but wouldn't it be way cooler if we hit a big problem and suddenly just this... This random check arrives in the mail. That's so much cooler. That's God really providing. Kind of reminds me of that story. Y'all have heard it before where the guy's in the flood and the flood are rising and a boat comes by and they're like, come on, I'll save you. He's like, no, I have great faith. God's going to save me. And they're like, okay, bye. And then he's, the water keeps rising. Another boat comes by. And they're like, come on. He's like, no, God's going to save me. Finally, he's on the roof of his house and the waters are coming up and the helicopter comes. And they're like, come on, man, let's go. And he's like, no, 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 God's going to save me. God is going to rescue me. I have faith. And they fly off, and then he drowns. And he wakes up in heaven, and God's there, and he's like, God, I had such great faith. Why did you not rescue me? And God's like, I sent two boats and a helicopter. What did you want me to do? That's, the, that's what we do, though. We expect God's means of provision to be so much more miraculous when most of the time his normal means of provision are right there in front of us. He's given us the wisdom to see them. Let's, let's just do it. That's what savings is. A natural means that God uses to provide for our future. There are, of course, dangers for not, sa- and not saving for the future. Of course, you could lose a job. Um, you could have greater expenses suddenly from whether it be some sort of medical thing, whether it be um, you know, something that you're forced to kind of purchase or do uh, that you didn't expect you'd have to. Um, but it is prudent, of course, 
to set aside some cash for that kind of emergency. It keeps us from like living paycheck to paycheck, having to borrow every time some kind of unexpected expense pops up. Because um, God doesn't want us to be a burden to others. Now, that is a great thing for the church to do. If there is a need, we, of course, want to meet it. Um, he wants us to bless others, absolutely. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're always just like, well, whatever happens, the church is going to take care of me. They probably will, but that doesn't mean that you should just like totally, you know, not plan for your future either. It is, um, of course, it's beneficial to save for retirement. Um, it's beneficial uh, for parents to save it for their children. Proverbs uh, says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. But the main thing, and this is what, uh, when, when Sterlio talked about budgeting last week, he said, every dollar, whatever you do, or however you budget it, you should be giving it a scripture, giving it a God-glorifying purpose. Like, what is this money for? Like, how is this going to glorify God? And so that's where, for me, coming from Ryan's heart, um, when I'm saving, that's what I don't do well. Right? I don't say, well, this is going to go for that purpose, or that's going to have that purpose. This is how this is going to glorify God. So whatever you're sticking money to, whether it's an expense, a bill, uh, or a savings, it should have a God-glorifying purpose in mind. And that leads to this piece. It's absolutely prudent to plan and save for the future, but it, just like with debt, it's possible to sin in the process. Just the danger with everything, right? Especially money. Two sides of the, of the coin. Um, Jesus told this parable about the man who received a large crop and he decided to build these huge barns so he could store up the grain. Um, but then what happened? Here's what he says. You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. So we don't want to be hoarders. We don't want to just selfishly accumulate wealth without considering how it's going to be used for God, for his purposes. Hoarding, selfishly hoarding, is greedy and sinful, ultimately. We are to save for a purpose, not just for the sake of saving. God calls us to use our wealth to glorify him and bless others. So one of the principles here for, for this whole stewardship seminar is this. Savings is something that you're budgeting, right? So you have this budget of like, here are my expenses. Savings is a piece of that budget. Everything else that's left over is used to bless other people, is used for generosity. Where so many of us have that the other way around, right? I know that I've typically thought of it this way. Well, it's like I have my generosity budget and then whatever's left over after all my expenses and, and, and like blessing others is done, then the rest will go to savings. It's kind of, seems like a wise way to think, but not the most biblical way to think. Whatever excess we are given ought to be used to give back, to bless other people. Ecclesiastes tells us that wealth is hoarded to the harm of its owner. James tells us that God will judge us for it. That's fun. That's fun. It's, and, and it, ultimately, here's the deal. It's idolatry. It's thinking, this is my Savior. Having that money stuck aside right there gives me security to know that if something goes bad, I'm safe. 
And that's idolatry. That's trusting something to save us that is not God. So when the hoarder and the biblical saver can both save the same amount of money, like I could have the same amount of money in the bank as you, but if my motivations are out of fear or out of idolatry or selfishness, while yours are out of prudence, wisdom, one of us is sinning while the other is just being wise and saving. We can both save the same amount. It's a hard issue. That's where it comes down to. One person saving trusting in their wealth and one is saving trusting in God. So, we've talked about giving, spending, debt, now savings. So questions usually come up like, well, what, what's got the priority? What's most important? Should I pay off my debt first um, or start saving for retirement first? Like, where's, what, what, what do I do? Um, and, you know, like, you could go ask Dave Ramsey about that kind of stuff. I'm sure he's got a great schedule. Uh, we're not looking quite as practically. Um, mostly because I don't think everybody's situation is the same. I think it's really hard to make big claims about every financial decision when we're all in different situations. Um, There's no one-size-fits-all answer here. But generally, there is a biblical pattern of prioritizing giving first and saving last. Saving for the future is wise, but not a luxury that everybody has. So if it comes down to I have extra money, I can either save it or I can give it away. The more biblical model is to give it away. But if we are able to save, how much should we save? What's the amount? What's the formula? Is it 5%? Is it 10% of my income? Whatever. What's the question? It would be really nice to have a Bible verse for that. I would love it if I could go to the Bible verse and say, okay, 10% to the church, 10% to the savings, 10% to giving. Good. <laughs> well, that was easy. Thank you, Lord, for clear. God, that's not how it works. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm with you and wishing it was there. But God has chosen not to reveal this to us in his word. Because I think he wants us to not trust some formula. He wants us to trust him. Having that tension about how much I'm saving, how much I'm keeping, how much I'm giving away is a good thing for us to struggle through because it teaches us to lean on God for wisdom. It teaches us to store up treasures in heaven by trusting him with our wealth rather than trusting ourselves to do what is right with it. Saving for the future doesn't mean you're not trusting God, although it could certainly mean that. Saving money um, is, I think, wise stewardship for future needs as long as the plans that you have are committed to the Lord and not to your own selfish interests. So the question of how much I should save is different for every person, but the motive should always be the same. I'm saving for God's glory, ultimately. So, to finish up here, the goal for saving here, if we're talking about saving, debt, whatever it is, the goal of all of it is simple. Be faithful. God will provide. Uh, If we've been responsible with what we received, um, then our goal of faithfulness, like that's accomplished. doesn't matter if we end up with nothing in the end. Um, God is well aware of that situation. Our job as Christians is to be faithful. 
If you have been given means to wisely save up for future expenses, that's great. Absolutely. God has provided in that way um, and is calling you, by the way, to be generous towards others who are lacking that. But if you haven't been given that means to save, that's okay too. In fact, it's a good thing. You're in a great position to really trust God. It's exactly where he wants you to be. He is our Heavenly Father who is compassionately caring for us as His children. He is um, a sovereign God who causes everything to come to pass uh, for those who trust Him. He, he is a good God, and He loves us, and He cares for us, and He's providing for us. He looks out for the widow and the orphan. He's the God who cared for Israel, right, when they're in a famine. As Christians, we shouldn't be worrying about tomorrow. That's not what we're called to at all. Read Matthew 6 if you're concerned about that. We're to seek Christ's kingdom, commit ourselves to his will, and guess what? It's very likely, biblically, if we're looking at what Christianity does, that we will face hardship and some kind of persecution. Um, we will. Believers will face difficulty, and that quite likely could mean financial difficulty. But even in those things, God will not forsake us. He's our refuge. And he is working all things together for the good of those who love him and called according to his purpose. So, God's the only one who knows the future. When we look at our future, whether it is debt or savings, we know he has revealed to us to be wise in ordering our lives, in preparation for tomorrow, absolutely. But he's also ordered us not to worry. He's also ordered us not to think that it's all in our control. He will return. And since he's paid our debt of sin, we should work on primarily saving up treasures in heaven to the glory of his name. Let's pray. Father, we are humbled by uh, your word. We're humbled by these instructions that you give us about about money, about our wealth. We confess that we, um, we can be selfish, that we can be impatient and want what we want right now and go into great debt to have it. We confess that we can be selfish and hoard and gather in all the wealth we can have and stick it in our storehouses for the rainy day, trusting in that as our Savior. But we recognize that you have given us the freedom to borrow so that we might better glorify you with our lives. You've given us the ability and the calling to save so that we might better glorify you. Help us to think wisely about our future and about the ways that you have enabled us um, to live out a future for your glory and your glory alone. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all.